Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. It's similar to the devotion that I would give on a Wednesday night here at church. This morning, as I woke up, uh, Alexa greeted me with uh, a new offering of a wellness app, and uh, it had I don't remember the exact title. It had something to do with affirmations. And uh, so on day one of the affirmation, I was supposed to chant or repeat to myself, I believe in myself and I trust my own wisdom. Uh, that just rang funny to me in my ears because it's almost the opposite of a scripture verse that I'm very familiar with, which is uh, Proverbs 3, uh, 5, that says, trust in the Lord. Uh, or believe in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding or uh, trust not your wisdom, um, but his. And then there's a promise after it that says, and he will make your path straight. We're going to talk about a couple of examples of people that sort of took Alexis advice, uh, two nations in particular. But before we do, let's talk about the Ark of the Covenant for just a moment uh, the Ark of the Covenant from the Old Testament really captures the imagination. It captured the eye of movie makers back in the 1980s, if you remember that uh, Indiana Jones, the first movie. It was the box that the ancient Hebrews built that was placed in the tabernacle, in the innermost sanctum of the tabernacle called the Holy of Holies. And above this box, there was manifested uh, the presence of God in some particular way, and the presence of God there in that place was so powerful that it, there was only one person allowed to go in, which was the high priest, because if someone went in who was not clean and not the high priest, they, they would die in that powerful presence of God. Uh, no one knows its present location now. That was the source of the movie script. Uh, it, it was lost or perhaps destroyed uh, a long time ago. Um, but somehow uh, before that, the box itself began to take on a significance that God did not intend. The box was not God, and God was not the box. However, the ark represented God's presence, and sometimes that just got confusing uh, to the Israelites. They knew God's presence was holy and awesome and powerful, but the box itself was not. So in uh, Samuel 4, the Israelites find this out. They are defeated by the Philistine army, and they lose 4,000 soldiers in a battle. Uh, the leaders get together after the battle and ask themselves, why did the Lord bring this defeat on us today? So that they really should have been pondering God's uh, will for them, their, their army, God's plan for them, before the battle. That's when to ask that question. That's when to seek the Lord. But um, they really had their own plan. They believed in themselves and they were trusting their own wisdom, as Alexa would say. And so they went out into battle uh, assuming and hoping that God would be with them. And so afterwards, as they have some self-reflection, they say, what went wrong? And instead of again seeking the Lord, they decide they will pull out their good luck charm, the Ark of the Covenant, and they will put it in front of them and head into battle. And so they did. And uh, they this time were again defeated. In fact, this time they were defeated in an even bigger way. They lost 30,000 men and the Ark itself was captured by the Philistine army. Um, so their good luck charm was no good luck charm. They put their faith in the object 
when and their belief in their own ability to to manipulate God and His power by bringing the ark into to battle, and that was a disaster. The Philistines, for their part, also saw the Ark of the Covenant as something powerful and also just sort of a good luck charm that they needed. They captured the Ark, um, although when they heard that the Ark was coming into battle, they were they were afraid. They had heard that the Ark was responsible for bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and defeating the, the Egyptian army. And so they were afraid when they realized that that the Israelites were bringing the ark, and yet they said to themselves, let's be men, stand up and, and uh, overtake this army anyway. And so they, they won. They captured the ark, and after they captured it, they brought it and put it in the temple of their god, Dagon. It was partly to show that their god, Dagon, had been more powerful than Yahweh, the god of the ark, but it was also partly so that they would have the power of Yahweh uh, contained in this ark as a good luck charm that they could pull out again when they needed it in battle. Here's where the story gets really cool. Uh, the next morning, after placing the ark there, they came in to the temple, and the god, uh, the statue that represented the god Dagon, had fallen from its perch, and it was lying prostrate before the ark of the covenant. And so, being undaunted, I guess they put it back in its place and went about their business. But the next day they came in and it had fallen again. And this time the head and the hands were uh, broken off and laying there before the Ark of the Covenant. And not only that, there was an immediate plague that went on in this city that, that was beginning to kill their people. And they said to one another, this is the Ark of the Covenant. This, this is the power of Yahweh that is breaking out against us. And so... They moved the Ark of the Covenant to another one of their cities, and the plague continued there in that city. And so finally, they sent the Ark of the Covenant back untouched on an oxen cart back across to uh, the Israelites. They uh, recognized the power of God, but they saw the Ark only as a good luck charm to manipulate him rather than seeing the powerful God as someone that they could cry out to for help. But who can blame them? The Israelites themselves had just done the same thing. So in both countries, try to fit the power of God Almighty into a box. But the power of God cannot be contained in a box. He can't be tamed. He is wild. The ark wasn't just a good luck charm uh, that they could pull out when they wanted God to act. He did act, though, when Israel uh, sought him in earnest. There's one last aspect of this story in First Samuel, uh, Samuel, the chief priest, uh, called the people together at a place called Mizpah, and he told them that they had sinned, and he told them that they needed to put away all of their false gods and seek the Lord, and they did. They cried out to the Lord, and they fasted, and they repented. While they were there at Mizpah, uh, the Philistine army saw an opportunity. They saw that they were all gathered together and they were unprepared for battle. And so they hastily gathered up their army and went to attack Israel. This time, however, the powerful God of the Israelites did answer. He did intervene on behalf of those that were repenting before him. And he, through a display of power, he put the Philistine army to flight and they were routed and, and uh, they were soundly defeated by the Israelites.
So this wild God that can't be tamed, can't tamed, can't be contained in a box. Uh, when he decides to move, he his power is unstoppable. He moved, though, uh, not when men tried to manipulate him to do what their plan was, not when they were depending on their own wisdom, but when they were seeking him humbly in, in just an earnest plea for forgiveness, then the Lord was moved to work on their behalf. So I don't know. What are the takeaways um, that, that you get from all of these stories? Um, are there times when you see God as a good luck charm? When you trust your own self and trust your own wisdom, as Alexa would say, and uh, and then you call on God when there's a 911 situation uh, for him to come help you achieve what you had already decided was the best thing. Do we use God as a, as a good luck charm, as a, as a get out of jail free card? Or do we seek him in earnest before we start an endeavor? Do we seek out to see what is it that God wants me to do? How is God working? Is Do we work on our relationship uh, where we seek him humbly and uh, seek to keep, keep a, uh, a good slate with the Father by uh, regularly confessing and, and keeping up with, um, with the sin in our lives, dealing with the sin in our lives? I don't know what this story might have said to you today, but we serve a powerful God. Let's not assume that we can keep him in a box and use him for our own good luck charm. Have a great week.